Good morning, everyone. Um, Eleanor has a notice. Yes, it's the getting to know you lunch. Um, hope you brought your sandwich. No, no. I hope that you will come back with your sandwiches. Quarter to 12-ish, 12 o'clock-ish. Um, and we've got some cakes. And um, that's what we're here for, getting to know you. You know, I won't. <laughs> Tough, isn't it? I won't do it. But, you know, we're communi- John's being rude. I can't hear. That's all right. Um, it, we're a community. And this is just one way of getting it. Bring your family members and um, come back with your sandwiches. That would be great to see you there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Eleanor. Um, and and a, a, a sad notice. Um, I think probably all of you will know that Jenny Rouch died recently. Um, David is now in Radbrook. Care home, and Jenny's funeral is the first of August at one o'clock here, um, followed by family only at the crematorium at two o'clock, um, and then when the family return from the crematorium, they'll be um, awake in the um, hall. Uh, whilst the family are at the crematorium, um, we're hoping that there'll be tea and coffee and biscuits and a. a a display or two of Jenny's life and interests for you to look at uh, while we wait for the family to return. So that's the 1st of August, which is Tuesday at 1 o'clock, which is a Tuesday at 10 o'clock. So to begin our service, grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Please stand if you're able and we'll join us in our first hymn together. Immortal, invisible, God only wise. Thank you, Chris.
please be seated. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, The first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, Love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen. God have mercy. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. We say together our confession. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, we are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you. Pardon and deliver you from all your sins. Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness and keep you in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Um, we're going to have our reading now. And Richard's coming to read. Continuing our study of the book of Ephesians, today's reading is from chapter 4, um, not as on the screen um, earlier. I, I come prepared to read from chapter 4. Is that correct? <laughs> this is on page 1175. Ephesians 4, verse, starting at verse 17. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live, as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. 
you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbour, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray for John as he comes to speak. So, Father, we thank you for John. We thank you for all the preparation he's done as he comes to speak to us this morning from that passage from Ephesians. Lord, we pray that his words will be anointed and that you will speak into our hearts through him this morning. Amen. Amen. Am I on? Can you hear me, everybody? Yes. Wonderful. Right. Seems to be a lot of disinformation around at the moment. Um, I know most of you don't read the church leaflet. It's the sort of tradi tradition in this church. But if, you, but if you were to look at the last uh, edition, which is sat on the a copy of which is sat on the welcome desk, you'll see that um, it is John Langridge down to preach. Well, I'm sorry about that. I'm sure John Langridge is a much better preacher than me. You're going to have to put up with the John Language look-alike. <laughs> so, we're coming this morning, we've been, um, we were carrying on with us a series in what is our purpose as a church. And we're now coming down to the sort of nitty-gritty of Christian behaviour, which we'll look at in a moment. I'd just like to point out um, that um, a fair bit of what I'm saying is, is not that original. Um, but you'll find it expanded much better than I can do it in this little book by Watchman Nee. It's an old book called Sit, Walk, Stand. I think I may have advertised it before over the years. It's a brilliant exposition of the whole of um, Ephesians, and it has the additional advantage of being short, <laughs> but nonetheless powerful. So here we are, down to the nitty-gritty of Christian behaviour. But before we do, I'd just like to go back to the whole theme of this, church, uh, of this um, series, if I may. 
and if I may take the liberty of putting my own take on, the an on my answer to the question, what is our purpose as a church? Some of you who, uh, may recall that um, after the sermon I led us in uh, that old song for, uh, from 1 Peter chapter 2, for we are a chosen race, or whatever, however it goes. And I just want to lead a couple of thoughts from that verse before we return to Ephesians. But we are a chosen people. The Lord says in Isaiah 43, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. We are a royal priesthood. I'm going to pass over the royal, but even though that's a wonderful word. But a priesthood, what does a priest do? A priest represents God to the people, and the people to God. So it is our job to show the character of God in our own lives to others, to show the grace of God. And the church has so often failed by, by applying laws to people and condemning them. We need to show them the love of God. And we re represent the people to God. We come to, to God with our prayers for others. Paul talks about uh, one of his colleagues who wrestles in prayer for a church. I, th I think that's a marvellous expression. I'm still trying to unpack what that means. We are a holy nation. Holiness has a dual meaning. It means set apart and it means righteousness. And it's probably that that we're going to be concentrating on much, um, much of today. We are God's special possession. Paul reminds us we are not our own. We've been bought by a price. So that we may declare the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Let's remind ourselves we're saved for his glory. And we declare the praises of him in our own private worship, in our own corporate worship, as we've done this morning, in our own behaviour, we're back to holiness, and we'll unpack this more later on, in our, um, which is a witness to others, and in our evangelism. But let us remember that our spoken witness, our spoken evangelism, is worthless, unless our lives match up to it, unless people can see Jesus in our lives. Watchman Nee, who I quoted earlier, says there's no point in preaching unless the Holy Spirit developed, gives them the hunger to know more about God and to respond. And as they see Him in our lives, they will, do, uh, they will begin to see that. And it is our prayer that they begin to see Him in our lives and respond. But enough of that. Let's return to Ephesians 4. We've talked, Peter talked about... Uh, uh, the Apostle Peter talked about him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. And this is where we start uh, with Ephesians 4. We Paul talked, uh, the first few verses, Paul is talking about the sort of darkness that the Ephesians were called out of. And I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to dwell on that particularly, but we have, he has called us into light. John says uh, in, his, uh, in his first letter, 
If we say we are of the light, but walk in darkness, then we lie, and the truth is not in us. This means that our lives have to change. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not saying anything really that is um, anything other than self-evident at the moment. But it's how. Paul says, as you received Christ, continue in him. You'll find this in Colossians 2. I must apologize if you find me um, jumping around in the scriptures. But um, part of the reason I w I'm wanting to do this is to show that the whole really um, enormous body of scripture in, there in the New Testament actually says much the same thing. And so we have the weight of scripture behind us. If we, we continue in Christ as we began in Christ. The danger when starting to consider our behavior as Christians, particularly when we're confronted with a list that we come across later on this chapter, is we start thinking, oh, I mustn't be angry. I mustn't, um, I mustn't run other people down. I mustn't do this. I mustn't do that. I mustn't <coughs> do the other. And before we know what we're doing, we're back to, to obeying rules. We have been set free from the law. Now, just be careful here, because I don't want to start thinking that I'm condoning sin. I, I'm not. We have been set free from the law. The law. So that what it means is, if and when we do put our foot in it, and we do, if you're anything like me, we do, it makes no difference at all to our standing with God. Romans 5 says that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And because of the cross, and we'll be coming back to the cross again and again, I hope, this morning. Because of the cross, no matter what we are, no matter what we've done, access to the Father is open and is possible. We often make the mistake of thinking, yes, I've been saved by grace, that, that, but I must do this and that and the other. And we start saying to others, you must do this, that and the other. And that really does count against our Christian witness. And it leads to our own discouragement as well. We think, oh, if I've failed, I've cut myself off from God. Not true. He is still there. He still loves us. And often the only thing that stops us coming back to God is our pride in thinking that we are able to do anything <coughs> for God ourselves. We cannot justify ourselves before God by keeping any rules. We cannot continue to walk with God by keeping rules. We walk with God by being obedient to him and being close to him. Let's face it, if we, ha if we have sins to confess, we've got to be able to come to God to confess them. That is what Jesus has achieved for us. So, what do we do? We put on the new self. This, uh, I'm going to reread the verses, the three key verses in this passage as I see it. From verse 22, if you've got your Bibles open. You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, dot, 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 to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. The secret is, and I'm going to, um, there are three things here, put off, be made new, and put on the new. 
and I'm going to take these out of order. So I'm going to start with put on the new. As a result of the cross, God gives us a new self, which has been created to be like God. And the point of our, li our lives and our walk with him down here on earth is to learn the truth of that and to learn how to work it out in our own lives. It is not something we have to do ourselves. It is not, um, we just receive it. And I'm going to go into uh, quite what this means in a moment or two. But also, in, in parallel with this, we are told to put on Christ. Now I've got two Christians, sorry, Two um, scriptures here. First of all, Romans 13, verse 14, which says, Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. And in Galatians, he says, For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Not only does he give us a new self, he gives us himself. remember we are baptized into Christ's death so that, um, so that our old self dies so that as we rise up from the water again we rise into newness of life with him we are united with Christ Jesus says that we can only abide, we can only bear fruit as we abide in him and he talks again about Christ in you, Christ in me the hope of glory and it's only as we realize the secret of that, the secret that Christ, the Almighty God, who created this earth, the whole universe, and we're seeing more and more just how enormous that universe is. That God who inhabits the whole of the universe and beyond, yet lives in me, is incarnate, if you like, in me and in each one of us. And that is the secret. In a moment, a little later on this service, Ursula is going to lead us in communion, where again, Christ, in the symbol of bread and wine, gives us himself. And as we come to communion today, let us remember that we're not just eating bread and wine, we are receiving Jesus. And it is Jesus who is the answer. Watchman Nee makes the point that if we just ask, Lord, please give me more patience with so-and-so, please help me to stop being angry, blah, 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 please help me to be less greedy, please help me to be more generous, we're going to fail. And he points us to another verse in 1 Corinthians. It is because of, of, of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. We... If we want to see success in these things, we come to Jesus and we take our time over it and we receive from him. But of course we can't put on a new self, a bit like, a, uh, you know, imagine it a bit like a sort of, sort of white tie and tails. Imagine your Fred Stegg, um, you know, get, uh, getting him to shake up the ribs or whatever the, whatever the words of the uh, song were, until you've taken the old rags off. And so we have 
There is a, 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 an element of putting on. It's not going to, like God is going to make a wave, a magic wand over us. And suddenly we're, we're new like that. First word that Jesus says, almost the first word that Jesus says in Mark's Gospel is repent. And there are times when we have to look at our lives, and um, going through this list, and there are plenty of other lists in the, in the Bible, in the New Testament, where we can, uh, where, where we're encouraged to do this. Somebody once described repentance as being sorry enough to stop. Now, I have problems with that definition, because it almost implies that we have within, it, it's very easy to start thinking that we have within us the power to stop. And it's only as we look outside of ourselves and look to Jesus and ask him for the power to stop. As he, uh, and as we rem remind ourselves that, the, that that power, that powerful God is, is living within us, that we're able to make a difference. So repentance is first of all looking at our lives and where something is wrong is wrong. We are actually agreeing with God that it is indeed wrong. And then we come before him. We are called to put these things to death. If you look at Colossians 3, it says, put to death, therefore, what's all who belongs to your old nature. And you think, how the heck can I do that? Romans 8 puts it slightly better. But if by the Spirit you put to death the, media, the misdeeds of the body, you will live. We come before God and we ask for the power of his spirit to make us new. We admit, uh, a prayer would go something like this, Lord, I realize this is wrong, now in your name and by the power of your spirit, I renounce whatever it is. But you need to be with the Lord first. It's, uh, this is not just something you do very quickly. You need to look at it. You need to spend time just being in the presence of God, realizing that he, that he is able to do this, he is wanting to do this, he is wanting, as I said last week, to change us from one degree of glory to another. Therefore, by faith, we can, we can ask for and receive the power to change, because his power is at work within us. Paul prays at the end of chapter 3 that we may know the power that is available to us. And then he goes on to this whole list of things need to change. And a lot of these I'm going to have to leave. Uh, we don't have time to uh, tackle them all. A lot of them we have, uh, I will leave uh, for you to discuss in your groups this week. And I'll get some, um, some questions to point uh, us in the right direction out um, in the next day or two. But I, I feel the Lord is asking me to kind of just focus a little bit on anger and a little bit on forgiveness. And again, there are enormous challenges here if you um, listen to what Jesus is saying here. Paul says, in your anger, do not sin. Now, when does anger turn into sin? My suggestion is that it, turns into, it can turn into sin a lot earlier than we realize. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says, and I quote, 
tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. It's very easy to stand on our own rights and think something's hurt me, something's wrong with me, I have a right to be angry. And Jesus says, no, that is not, that is not true. Even when we see another situation, there are plenty of situations in the world going on at the moment where we, where we can get angry. Paul says quite uh, very wisely, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Deal with it. Let it bring it to the Lord. Watchman Nee says that it's all very well thinking, well, what was done against me was wrong. But he says, uh, but he says we as Christians are, um, are concerned so much with so much more than what is wrong. Christ has become to us the tree of life. If you think back to the, the beginning of Genesis, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And Adam and Eve took the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The ability to judge between the two is how I read that. But Nee says that if we are coming, um, sorry, I've lost my train of thought for a minute. Nee says that if we are now receiving Jesus as, as our source of life, we must go so much further. And he quotes a story of um, a Chinese uh, Christian who was a farmer and he irrigated his fields, dug ch irrigation channels, irrigated all his rice fields and let water in every day. And his neighbour went and broke down the walls and drained the water off into his own, into his own field. And the brother um, built, the built the dikes up again, filled his his fields, uh, his drainage channels again to irrigate his fields, and the same happened again. And he and his uh, fellow Christians prayed about this. And one of them said, if we're just concerned with what is right, we're very poor Christians. So what does this chap do? He goes, next day he goes, fills his own irrigation channels with water, and then goes and fills his neighbours with And that really made the, made the chap sit up and think. And that chap became a Christian as a result. That is what we're, uh, uh, that's what we're asked to do. What, um, Oswald Chambers says this, talking about slights and hurts or insults. He says, when you are insulted, you must own, not only not resent it, but you must make it an opportunity to exhibit the Son of God in your life. And you cannot imitate the nature of Jesus. It is either in you or it is not. A personal insult becomes an opportunity for a saint to reveal the incredible sweetness of the Lord Jesus. And this, I think, is what Paul is getting at uh, the one bit of that, that, that trio of sentences in Ephesians 4.22 that I mentioned. The one bit I haven't talked yet about is the, begin, the bit about being made new in our minds. And we need a new mindset here. Our mindset is to be Jesus to others, to bring the love of Jesus. 
to others, not to stand up for our own rights, but to bring the love of Jesus. Because Jesus says, and in so doing, you will be like your Father in heaven who makes the sun shine on the righteous and the unrighteous and makes rain fall on the evil and the good. And he says, do the same. And when he says, be perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect, that's what he's, that's what he's meaning. So we need to develop this new, new mindset that we are here to reveal the life of God Christ. If you look at the cross again, was it right that the Son of God came to his own and they crucified him? Of course it wasn't. But it was the will of God so that so many might be blessed. And Jesus realized that. He realized that the only way to bring us into the kingdom was to suffer. And to suffer injustice. And he, probably about the only person on this earth who would have had the true right to be angry at the way he was treated, was the one who prayed, Father, forgive them. They know not, they know not what they do. And a quick word, because I know I'm, over, I'm running over. Forgiveness. Another big one. I've made a note here in my notes that forgiveness is the antidote to anger. Paul says at the end of this, uh, this chapter, forgive as Christ forgave you, or as God in Christ forgave you. The way to think about it is a bit like this. Christ died for my sins. I don't think any of us have any, um, would disagree with that. Christ died for the sins that have been committed against me. And over the years I've meditated over that sentence, I've thought, yes, that means there's a challenge to forgive, as well as the fact that the hurts that were committed against me have been born, uh, have been already been born on the cross. And there is real power and real truth in the scriptures that says he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. So Christ died for my sins. Christ died for the sins which have been committed against me. And finally, Christ died for my reaction to those sins. And therefore, you know, if we are hurt and we feel the anger coming up, do not think, I can't come to God with this, this anger in my heart. Because there is nowhere else to go. I remember dealing with one sin in it, uh, with quite a while ago now, and going uh, through this idea of nailing your sins to the cross, and you, you get this mental image of this wooden cross, and you get put, put a piece of paper in there with, it, with a nail through it, and you bang it, and get a hammer and bang it into the cross. And I started doing that in my mind's eye. And I was 
I was actually banging with you to Jesus. And I tried to pull away because I thought, I can't do that. And Jesus said to me, no, it's all right. This is what I died for. So Jesus says, come to me, all who travel and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. I'm going to finish, almost, with a qu another quote from Oswald Chambers. Have you ever come to Jesus? And this is really speaking to me at the moment. Look at the stubbornness of your heart. You would rather do anything than this one simple childish thing. Come to me. If you really want to experience ceasing from sin, you must come to Jesus. So let's do that now. I don't know what you're struggling with at the moment. One thing I can be sure is that it's different for each one of us. But first of all, let me proclaim to you again that Christ died for our sins. As we come to him, we come to the cross where Christ died for our sins. And we look on him dying there. And we allow the thoughts that we are ashamed of, whatever they are, the anger that we're struggling with, the hurt that we're struggling with, to flow up into Jesus dying on the cross for us. St. Paul reminds us that Christ became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And my own addition to that book is was Christ became sin for his. <coughs> Our sin died with him. And so receive that as we trust him and as we believe and we say yes that is true even though we may, it may be a while before we see it in our lives let's receive it Lord Jesus will you please come in your power we proclaim that you died for our sins we proclaim that you were raised into the glory of God the Father by the glory of God the Father and is now are enthroned at his right hand. And we know that you are able to sympathize with every one of our weaknesses, with every one of our temptations. And I want to pray for us as a church, Lord, that we might know the truth that your power and your cross and your resurrection are at work within us. Lord, I want to pray that you would so fill this church with the, with the glory of the truth of your gospel that we would shine like a beacon in this dark world and that you would reach out to others through us. Lord, we praise you that you are a God of mercy and we praise you that we have received mercy. And we thank you, Lord. Amen. May I introduce the next hymn? 
Again, sing Be Thou My Vision now as a response. And it's, talked, it's a hymn that talks about Christ being all that we need to be. So let's stand and sing that together. Come to our time of intercession. When I say the words, Lord, in your mercy, please could you respond, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Creator God, we remember your church throughout the whole world. May it be a place of welcome, of service, of witness, and of love for all. 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we lift before you today those who are spending their time in poverty or hardship. We pray for those affected by the crisis in our own country. We pray for all those places affected by war or natural disaster or famine. And we pray for the leaders of our nation and for the nations of the world and for those who govern that they would make wise decisions for the good of all people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Father, we pray for all those who are sick in body, mind or spirit. We pray especially for those who are known to each one of us. Sustain all those who care for others and bless them with patience and compassion as they seek to bring healing and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And in a moment of quiet, we bring before God the things that are weighing on our hearts this morning, offering them to a God who is always more than ready to listen than maybe we are to pray. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please stand if you're able and we will say the creed together. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. God speaks peace to his people. 
to those who turn to him in their hearts. And so the peace of the Lord be always with you. Let's offer each other a sign of God's peace. Um, somebody would like to bring the offering up as Chris leads us in the next song that would be good thank you Chris
all that we have comes from you. And in this representation of our offering to you, accept these gifts. In the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, who died for us. Amen. Amen. So we're going to use Eucharistic prayer E. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and praise. Father, you made the world and you love your creation. You gave your Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Saviour. His dying and rising have set us free from sin and death. And so we gladly thank you with saints and angels, praising you and saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. We praise and bless you, loving Father, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And as we obey his command, send your Holy Spirit that broken bread and wine outpoured may be for us the body and blood of your dear Son. On the night before he died, he had supper with his friends. And taking bread, he praised you. He broke the bread, gave it to them and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when supper was ended, he took the cup of wine. Again he praised you, gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So, Father, we remember all that Jesus did. In him we plead with confidence his sacrifice made once for all upon the cross. Bringing before you the bread of life and the cup of salvation, we proclaim his death and resurrection until he comes in glory. Christ has died. Christ, Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Lord of all life, help us to work together for that day when your kingdom comes and justice and mercy will be seen in all the earth. Look with favour on your people. Gather us in your loving arms and bring us with all the saints to feast at your table in heaven. Through Christ and with Christ and in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory are yours, O loving Father, forever and ever. Amen. As our Saviour taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, 
now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith, with thanksgiving. Please come forward as the stewards direct, and we'll follow our usual pattern now of taking the bread and wine back to our seats so that we can all continue together. If you would prefer non-alcoholic wine, then come to this table here on my right, and we do have gluten-free wafers available.
the body of Christ, keep you in eternal life. And the blood of Christ keep you in eternal life. Amen. Before we say our prayer after communion, let's remember those who can't be with us this morning. And so, Father, as we have shared communion together, we remember those of our church community who can't be with us this morning, through frailty, through illness, or because they are in residential care. We think especially of David, now in a nursing home and of his family as they grieve the loss of Jane. Father, may they know your peace and your presence with them this week and throughout the days to come. Amen. Amen. And let's say together our prayer after communion. Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that, that when we were still far, you met us in your Son, and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love, gave us grace, and opened the gate of the poor. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life. We who would drink his cup bring life to others. We who the Spirit loves give life to the world. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us, so we and all your children shall be free, and the whole earth live to praise your name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Would you like to stand if you're able, and Chris will lead us in our final hymn. Thank you, Chris.
our service. Christ, the Son of Righteousness, shine upon you. Scatter the darkness from before your path and make you ready to meet him when he comes in glory. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be on you and remain with you now and evermore. Amen. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve our risen Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen. Amen.